Yo. Oh no. I forgot to hit mute on that. Yo. What's up? How's everybody doing? I'm doing good. It's uh, Sunday night. I had a ridiculously uh, busy weekend. Super busy weekend. Oh man, the uh, the kids had um, what the kids had. The kids had their uh, festival for their school stuff, their school church thingy. Had a little uh, festival, carnival rides. They're a little sketchy, but they were fun. That's part of the fun is not knowing whether or not the rides are going to fall. You're not gonna if you're gonna fall and plummet. It's a little dark. It changes. Sorry guys. It's a little bit, little bit dark. Okay. It's a little better. There we go. A little better. I feel like I'm in the back cave. But um, yeah, man. Rode some rides, ate some not so great food, and um it was fun. There was a uh, a ride called Destruction that I am glad that I did not eat anything before I got on the ride because uh, it destroyed my insides. I, I probably would have thrown up. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Troll starting. They got nothing better to do. This is their whole life. <laughs> I couldn't imagine if like the highlight of your life was to like. Um, crap on somebody else's thing because you got nothing else to do. Um, happy. What's up, bud? King Hap. The happy hour. Go check it out if you guys can. Had a great weekend. And then Saturday, we had seminar. Seminar time. Fights. Let's play something, though. You guys feeling good? I'm feeling good. Some glove another 12, that would be good. I got some coffee. Not coffee, tea actually. Talking away. Shying away, I'll be coming for your love, okay? Take on me, take on me, take me on, take on me, I'll be gone in a day or two. Needless to say. I'm red eyes and it's what I feel. Starting away, slowly learning that life is okay. Say after me, it's no better to be safe than sorry. Take on me, take on me, take 
beyond take on me out be done in a day or two Good stuff, good stuff. So, got some uh, junk food at the festival, some rides, talking to some people, had some fun. Me and the boys went on some rides, pretty good. The rip cord was a pretty cool ride because uh, it takes you up and you drop. And it's only like two to three second free fall, but you, uh, your asshole ends up in your throat anyways. So it was, it was kind of fun. If I, I, I mean, I'm not a big ride guy because my mom scared me of that shit a long time um, ago about uh, carny rides. So I'm already a little, a little iffy, a little worried. And then it wasn't long ago, there was, the, uh, there was a video floating around the interwebs where the thing started tipping over and all the people jumped on it and, and held it up. That's uh, pretty wild shit, man. Oh, very wild. And um, if, uh, yeah, I would, I would shit my pants if we were on, we were on this thing, Rampage, you're up pretty, pretty high. And there's two things spinning. And I was trying to look to see where the braces were, you know, my dad was an engineer. So I'm uh, trying to look at the engineering of it to see how dangerous the thing is. And it looked, I mean, whatever, it was fine enough people went on it and then I'm, I'm a little bit bigger than anybody else who was going on the rides too, you know, because, uh, mostly we're little kids and then I'm with my little guy and you get on the seat and then it tilts because I'm, I'm so much heavier than him. So that was uh, a little more panic inducing, uh, to know whether or not my extra girth was going to, um, break the thing. Some of the rides I couldn't get on at all because it was just too big. There was this boat ride the little one wanted to get on, and uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't get in at all. It was impossible. My legs were way too big, so I had to, uh, I had to watch. I had to sit outside. I was sad. Um, and then, yeah, Saturday we had... I had a seminar. I went up to uh, Belmont, which is by San Mateo, 
and uh, Bay Area Boxing. It was a good, really good class. They had about uh, 24 students. I should have, you know, some videos and photos and stuff coming out. I had somebody come shoot shoot pictures and, and take some short videos of me doing stuff. Um, Nell. And uh, he brought his uh, drone, so he took some drone footage on the outside. He threw a flute even a little bit on the inside, which was pretty cool. And um, I'm waiting to get those back. I think it's going to be uh, gonna be good, good shots. But we had a two-hour seminar. I covered uh, takedowns, takedowns in the gi for jiu-jitsu. Little things. I haven't competed in jiu-jitsu for a long time, but I, I still – you know, have uh, remember the tactics that I applied when I was training with people, and uh, I did compete because you, you everything slows down so much with the guillotine. People set grips, they grab your belt. Um, just the friction of the gi's rubbing against each other slows everything down. You get stuck in a lot of positions. So, I have little strategies that I like to use to avoid that, and most of it, it's getting through and. Uh, beating them to the punch. I don't, I don't want them to set a grip. I don't want to get into a position where that friction is going to cause a problem. So I, I use a lot of, uh, you know, post things, try to make them reach, get underneath, get to the hips, get to the leg. A lot of attacks like that. It, it really can save you a lot of headaches. If you can shoot under the, the reach of the other guy, he's trying to set a grip. You can shoot under that. We honestly went through, we only got through like half the stuff I had on my my little cheat sheet, my little, um, you know, everything I outlined that I wanted to get to. Because we are going to do a lot of two-on-one stuff and some hard drag stuff too. We didn't get to it because we just ran out of time. Everybody was drilling so hard on the stuff that, um, uh, that we were doing. And then um, it was good. People responded well. I uh, had the kids this weekend, so I took them up and made them take the seminar <laughs> too. I was like, I can go up and bring their iPads and have them sit on the sideline and play their iPads. And I was just like, they're doing jujitsu like, you know, three to five days a week now. Their mom's even taking them when she has them two of the days. So. Like, no, nah, man, you guys are old enough. You guys are going to take my seminar. And uh, they did a pretty good job. They screwed around a little bit, but they didn't get in the way. And they worked on some of the techniques. And I think it was like, uh, a, it was really cool for me to have like my kids in a seminar. I think it was fun. I didn't have to yell at them or whip their butt in front of everybody. So that was good. I don't know. Could you guys handle that? Could you guys handle teaching a group of like 20, 30 people with your kids in the class? I, uh, I wasn't sure, but you know, I knew that they could handle it. I knew we'd be fine. We were fine. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, post and go type stuff. I like to get close to my opponents. You can't shoot too far away or you get stuck on your knee. And, um, you just can't, uh, you don't want to get stuck there takes too much time, energy, right? So uh, I try to close the distance and I try to put my forehead on their chest. If I can put their forehead on their chest, I'm close enough to take a shot. I'm close enough to attack, but you never get there. 
They'll never get there. They'll never let you put your forehead on their chest. They inevitably will always reach and grab and try to uh, set a hook or pull your head down or do something. And when they do that, that's when you try to post the elbow attack. Get to the double leg, get to the single leg, get to whatever takedown it is you need to um, to get the work in. Get that takedown, get that score. And then we worked a lot on situations where we we uh, want to hit the takedown, but then looked to pass. Because if you did all that work, you've gone all that way to get the takedown, right? You've expended the energy. Why are you um, why are you gonna end up in guard? And then they try to armbar you and. Uh, And you're trying to get the uh, takedown, get the pass. All kinds of losers in the chat today, huh? You're not. Um, you're not adding to discussion. Go away. <laughs> we got time for it. Uh, but yeah, but following up after the takedown, it's huge. So you went through all the work. You did the work. You got inside. Got to the legs. Uh, especially the double leg, because I'm a big double leg guy. I love the double leg because I'll 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 will snap, push your head around, push you around, uh, work, get inside hand position, make you move, and then blast double and shove that double down your throat. And even if you sprawl, I, I'll transition from that double into my single leg and single leg finishes. But there's a huge problem with hitting that double and running that double in jujitsu because you're exposed, your neck is exposed. Uh, they can hold on to a lot more stuff because of the key. And you also end up in the guard once you hit the ground. Now now you're, you scored the takedown points, but now you're uh, in a position where you could get arm barred, triangle choked, something else could happen. And um, it's no bueno. So we worked on driving through that double leg you know, when I hit the double, a lot of people make a mistake of driving straight back. You're not trying to go straight linear back to finish that double. I shoot into the double, and as soon as I hit them hips and I hit his center of mass, I change directions. I, I push at a 45-degree angle because I want to hit him with with that that uh, large portion of my body, the center of mass of my body, the center of mass of his body. I want to run him down across the uh, the mat and chop that far leg. If I can do that, it's fairly easy to, to sweep and uh, pass by that knee on the way to finish your takedown and end up in side control. It's a way better deal than, than ending up in guard. Um, you know, get the takedown, get your pass points, and don't be threatened with getting choked or swept or armbarred. It's just much, much better. Uh, nip it in the bud before it's an actual problem. Um, what else did we do? We didn't cover too much defense. There's a lot of offense on this on this one. Uh, we did a lot of, uh, you know, once I covered like the double leg stuff and passing the guard on that double leg, we started working on some single leg things. And single leg is great for jujitsu, I think, because you can take a lot of sweeping shots. And those sweeping shots don't get you stuck underneath him. Uh, 
since it's jujitsu also and you're not getting, doing striking, you know, you guys are closer, you can hit that low attack. You can hit those lower attacks, which I wouldn't recommend in a fight. I wouldn't recommend any shots to the knee or lower than the knee in, in a fight. But jujitsu, it's 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 fine. You know, you're not getting you're not getting uh, uh, rung in the dome. So sweeping attacks and uh, it was good, man. The people really liked it. Collected some testimonials from people who came and uh, hopefully some of those guys will hit me up for, for privates soon. If you guys are out in the Bay Area, uh, follow the social media, send me a DM. I'm uh, getting a number of requests, so make sure you get in when you can. I'm also thinking about I have a location downtown San Jose where I could do class on Thursday. I might be able to do a class on Thursday. And uh, I'm thinking about doing a self-defense type class. I think it would be cool to get a group of people and be able to go through scenarios and actually work on things rather than just, you know, it's one thing to, to teach a, an hour or two hour seminar on self-defense and you have people in there and you show them, you know, good tactics and good techniques. But if they're not, drilling them consistently and they're not testing them out in uh, a real life type scenario. If they're not actually like testing those things out, if you're not putting them in a, a situation where they have to actually use it, how likely are they going to actually use it if they need it? You know, it's one thing to see a technique, know a technique, understand how the technique works, but like doing it under pressure, doing it with resistance, doing it, you know, in a, in a, a situation where you're in duress and stressed out, it's a different story, but we can recreate those things fairly well in the gym. It's not the same. Of course, not the same. We still got mats and, you know, safety protocols, but it's, it's a lot safer. It's a lot, it's a lot more realistic than not doing it at all. So you get those reps in, I think it'd be, uh, I think it'd be great to get that going. So if you guys are in San Jose uh, or the Bay Area and it's something that would interest you, it'd be downtown. Slide into the DMs to let me know. Uh, or you can email yo at jovich.net. That's also something you can email. You can email for questions and um, asking for me for uh, setting up uh, consultations also. Uh, but then after the seminar, Get some in and out. That was great. But uh, more importantly, we went to uh, Bellator. It was the second time I took the boys to a Bellator event. They they loved it. They had a lot of fun. I don't know if they really like the fights more or they like the uh, the snacks. They're big fans of the snacks. Get some popcorn, some hot dogs. They got their uh, drinks sugary drinks we don't do sugary drinks in the house so we go out you know they get a gatorade the little one get what got a mountain dew <laughs> uh but yeah they uh they got the sugary drinks so they were happy got a little ice cream uh before the main event it was a good night i had fun i drank a modello <laughs> i haven't been drinking as much uh hardly at all really this summer a little a little tidbit here and there I was drinking like a bottle a week, two bottles a week for a little while, just because I had nothing else to do. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, man, the fights were great. What'd you guys think of the fights? Uh, Neiman Gracie looked phenomenal. Uh, that uppercut he slid in, ah, it was beautiful. And then um, he followed up with that beautiful elbow too. Did you guys catch that? Hurt the guy pretty good with the uppercut. And then he, he almost, I didn't know if he was going to have the composure to finish him, you know, because he's not hes not the guy who usually knocks guys out. You know, he's not the guy who who uses um, an overwhelming barrage of punches to to knock the guy out. So the skills haven't been fully developed, but he was able to, to create the separation to time that elbow. It was really nice, man. It was really nice. I hope that's a, a sign of a step up from him. I think there's a lot more uh, potential in him. The, the fight he lost, the last fight he lost, I think he got a little bit too comfortable and complacent being on bottom. He lost a close one just because he, he was comfortable being on bottom and, and looking for things rather than just fighting to be up on top. But whatever, maybe he'll get that one back soon. Uh, that was that was a great fight, and man, I don't know if it's, it wasn't. I wouldn't say fight of the night, but there was like a big performance of the night. I can't remember the guy's name, but um, he was a two hundred five pounder, and and like he didn't look like he should be fighting for a second. He he had you know a lot of loose skin because he must have been a much bigger guy before. But like as the fight, they were announcing the guy and. They're 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 uh, doing the uh, the screen stuff and announcing them. I'm looking at them like, are you serious about this fight? Is a main main card fight? I was like, I don't know if this guy looks like he should be fighting. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, you know what? This guy has like the the loose skin of somebody who lost a lot of size, lost a lot of like fat, and um, a lot of times, like the guys that I've rolled with, I've rolled with some guys that have lost like a hundred pounds. Right, they were like 300 pounds, and they lost 100 pounds. Now they're 200 pounds, and they got loose skin, kind of like that. And those guys are freakishly strong; they're ridiculously strong because they're used to carrying 100 extra pounds for who knows how long. And man, they shed all the extra fat, but their body is is still got the muscle. And the bone density and the and the sinew and the ligaments and all the soft tissue that was developed to carry somebody who is a hundred pounds heavier. They're they're like a bear, like a little bear. And you gotta be careful with those guys. So like as the fight started, I was like, watch this be one of those fights where this guy's just does something no one expects. And sure enough, two punch combination drops him, fights over in like less than 30 seconds. It was wild. And they were like, Beltor was building that guy up a lot, his opponent. Um, that was one of the, uh, yeah. Treats are rad. Mountain Dew and Camacho 2024. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. That was great. So uh, that fight. Neiman Gracie fight was good. Uh, and then um, Lee the Flea on here. What's Lee saying? Lee the Flea says, uh, I feel like Deanna Bennett was the performance of the night. I expected her to win, but in a much closer fight than it was. I didn't. Uh, I didn't um, see much of that fight. I think I took the kid to the bathroom. I didn't uh, watch much. I saw the last like round. 
I'm not super into the girl fights. I'm not saying that they're not good or whatever, but it's like, I don't know, man. Call me a mean person or a bad person, but I just, I'm not as up for the girl fights. Just like I watch women's sand volleyball. I think it's amazing, but I don't watch men's sand volleyball. I'm not into it. I don't think it's good. <laughs> like people are allowed, people are allowed to like what they want to like. They shouldn't have to be um, uh, shamed. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, Lee the Flea with the, the name here. Ben Parrish, big tuna, big tuna. That's uh, big props to uh, Ben Parrish. The sleeper, dark horse of the night. I don't think we were sitting in a section and everybody was like, what the hell is going on? Who is this guy? He's like, that guy looks like me. Like there were some people around us who were just not uh, buying this guy as a fighter. And um, he kind of, he gave me the, uh, a little bit of a Jeremy Horn feel, you know, because you're like, this guy just doesn't look like he's going to fight. He's kind of balding. He was kind of hunched and he had the loose skin. But man, he, he came out and uh, turned it on and whooped some ass. So it'll be interesting to see what's up next for Big Tuna. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll definitely, if I see him on a card, I'll watch just to see if that was a, a one time thing or if this guy is just like, you know, uh, the next killer, the next Fedor type, the next like reverse body image of what you think a fighter is going to look like. It's always, that's always good, the little mix-up. Because then I can bet people. I can bet people. Like, who you got in this fight? <laughs> Put a lot of money down on uh, Big Tuna. Uh, uh, I didn't see the fight, the Devin Clark hospital footage. Yeah, I saw some of the clips. They all popped through and scrolled through. They're on the, they're on the timeline on social medias. But, uh, yeah, he broke his mouth. Continued fighting. He had his teeth got pushed back in. I mean, that's it's raw, man. It's like it's already done. You know, it's already it's already broke. It's already hurt. So like, you know, you're already gonna have to go to the hospital. You might as well just keep fighting. You know, that's uh, that's nasty. That's a nasty thing, dude. And that's another. You know, that's another thing with self defense. You know, those teeth. You punch somebody in the mouth, square in the mouth, like there's a good chance you're gonna you're gonna jack your knuckles up pretty bad. You get a tooth stuck in your knuckles. Like you, you can hit here, you can hit here in the street, but if you hit them in, in the teeth, could uh, cut your hand up pretty bad. Hit them in the top of the head somewhere, you break your hand, break your knuckles. I think you can get away with, you know, the nose. But even that, you might be able to uh, break your hand a little bit. I'd go open hand to the nose, self-defense. Uh, the main event, the main event, I thought was a great fight. I thought it was a good fight. I didn't, I didn't see Yoel winning any rounds. There, there were some close rounds. The first round was close, second round. But I think Phil, Phil did a, just picked a little bit more at him, landed a little bit more. I didn't see any big shots from Yoel. But I don't understand why, again, why the old didn't try a single takedown. The dude was an Olympian, right? Silver medalist, silver silver medalist, and no takedown attempts, which which drives me crazy. But um, you know, second round, Phil started turn on the wrestling a little bit, and and it was a great fight in my opinion because. 
the way Yo fought back. Okay, when he got taken down, he fought his ass up and got back up. He get taken down again or whatever, but like that's how fights evolve into exciting fights is when they, both guys are fighting. When one guy gets taken down and the other guy fights hard and gets back up, that that's when the magic happens. That's when guys get a little bit sweatier. That's when the big shots, big punches, big things happen. Uh, if if Yoel would have just gotten taken down and closed his guard and waited for the ref to stand him up, people were throwing beers and booing and whatever. Like that, that the excitement on the fight when there's takedowns and stuff happening, I think falls uh, abruptly on the shoulders of the guy on bottom, the guy who got taken down. If he's not willing to work up and fight up and fight to his feet then it's not going to be an exciting fight. How is it going to, how is it going to be exciting in that, in that situation? It's just not, you're not going to get uh, the development of the fight that needs to happen. But when you're constantly having somebody fight to his feet, he exposes himself to getting hit. He exposes himself to get taken down again. He exposes himself to getting uh, choked or uh, submitted, right? Let's see what you guys up to. You guys want me to get to your comments? Slam me a super chat. That way it gets everybody. I'll definitely answer your question then. Good technical fight. It's good. Lee the Flea saying that uh, Laura switch stances. She circle away from the power hand. That's good instincts. Good training. Press room is saying uh, I've always enjoyed women's MMA because these girls get after it. Chicks are pretty self conscious and they fight hard for that reason. My theory, at least. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, girls do get after it a little bit more. You know, they're more likely to fight hard. But a lot, I mean, like the power is just not there. And I mean, I, I don't know. It's just not not the same. It doesn't, it doesn't feel the same when I'm watching it as, as uh, you know, two, uh, two dudes beating the crap out of each other. Maybe it's the level of testosterone. Maybe the women need to be forced on testosterone. <laughs> get them up to like male levels and then watch the aggression and the bone density and the teeth shattering elbows up north of 60 what's up my man uh my training i've been mostly been lifting uh, i tried to get back into the gym to grapple last month did about three weeks of grappling and uh, I don't know if I got a bulging disc or whatever, but I started having issues again with my, my stenosis and there's just no bueno man, no fun. So I'm taking some time off and rebuilding and I'm continually lifting. I'm about 220 to 225 right now. I've been plateaued at this, at this stage. So we'll see if I can get it up anymore. If I can get any, any heavier, I wouldn't mind, um, I wouldn't mind getting a little bit bigger and then seeing if I could drop down to like 220 and be like super jacked, maybe compete. I think grappling has um, 
as a weight class around 220 where I could compete. We'll see though. Uh, I may, this week or next week, I may start coming back and grappling a little bit more. Uh, I've been putting a gi on. I had my gi seminar on Saturday, but I, you know, I grappled twice last weekend with the gi. I felt pretty good. I'll be doing um, every other weekend uh, with Canna Can Athlete. We'll be doing a uh, an open mat where you can uh, medicate, right? I'm working with these uh, these guys uh, at Canna Athlete, C A N N A Athlete, whatever Canna Athlete uh, on Instagram and local guy, local friend. Actually, JP, I had him on the show a long time ago. I might have him on again here, maybe next weekend. But we're trying to um, talk about how you know sometimes you want to smoke weed or take an edible and do something like positive and athletic and work out and feel good. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like everything's about getting f fucked up and partying and whatever. Like there's not a lot on, you know, they talk about health and wellness and whatever, but like there's nobody who's really like pushing things like um, let's, let's smoke and do some yoga. Let's get high and sit in the sauna. <laughs> let's, Let's go to jujitsu. Let's let's take an edible and go to jujitsu. There's not a lot of people who are saying anything like that. Uh, like I I I haven't uh, smoked as much as summer either. But like I don't find anything wrong with smoking and going to lift weights. It's fun. I like it. I like to lift in my garage and and do uh, bong rips. Sometimes I like to take an edible, go to jujitsu and roll for a couple hours. All, all good, all fun, all healthy, all good for you, good for your mind, good for your soul. I like the concentration that it gives me, and a lot of times it takes a lot of stress and pressure off of performance, and you just have fun. You start having fun with what you're doing. So uh, we're kind of like want to make that more normal. You know, you don't have to just like smoke or eat an edible and eat junk food and watch movies and stuff. You're not just play video games. You can actually do something healthy, you know, eat a brownie and go for a nice three hour hike, something like that. I like smoking and shooting my uh, bone arrow too. Matt W, what's up, my man? Really, you all thought it was a five rounder. I mean, that would explain why he was so slow. He started off kind of slow. And that was one of the things I want to talk about is, was do you guys think that the weight class change? Because Yoel was a 85-pounder before. And that's, I mean, he's a massive person. He's a big dude. I need to stand side by side and see how big he is. Because I can't, because I'm technically, I'm these guys' weight right now. I'm, I would have to fight Phil Davis and Yoel Romero. Like, I would have to cut 15, 20 pounds to fight them. So, like. That's wild to me because I always thought these guys were huge people. Um, so for me to like <laughs> be uh, in the same weight class is kind of wild. Um, but that was one of the things I was thinking about is that guy, uh, the big tuna, he's coming. He seemed like he was coming down from a heavy weight because he had a lot of loose skin and he maintained that strength. And, you know, he might be way harder to deal with because he's got that strength. Uh, 
the strength and, and the and the bone density and the sinew of a of a 280 or 300 pound man and he's fighting at 205 whereas you have uh romero who's who's an 85 pounder and he's putting on weight you know he went from 85 to 205 so he put on 20 pounds he had to put on 20 pounds and now he's fighting bigger guys you think that's more of a detriment you think it's going to hold him back is it harder for a small guy or not small guy not small a smaller guy to put on weight and compete with heavier guys or is it easier for a big guy to lose excess fat and compete at a lower weight it's an interesting question because it takes time to develop you know the bone density and just the muscle scarcity the ligaments everything to like thicken up over time Well, he's throwing the fights. You think he's throwing the fights? Bold, bold if true. I mean, who knows? It's all it's all pro wrestling at this point, isn't it? Does it even matter? Worst fight in an injury that I worked through. Um, I fought uh, Zeferini for the WSOF title with a bulging disc in my neck. That wasn't fun. Um, that was that was difficult. But actual uh, actual injury in the fight, you know. I think the the worst thing I ever had was um, broken orbital. Maybe I think I think I broke my orbital in the first round with GSP, and then um, I was seeing double because my there was swelling, so the eyes were like pushed. One was pushed, so I was like looking in different directions. But um, other than that, like I had a big, you can still see the, the scar right here. But when I fought Jeff Jocelyn, like I got uppercutted and it cut through and I thought the lip was going to fall off. That sucked. But um, I never had any like huge bad injury. That I had to really fight through, you know, soft tissue stuff at the hands. Um, I went into fights with injuries, you know, busted rib or not busted, but like strained or bruised or whatever the hell. <clears throat> oh, and then the press room is saying that's why Yoel can get defeated and Scott Coker is still praising him. He did exactly what he is asked to do. I mean, it's part, though, that it's the pro wrestling atmosphere of it, though. They, the wins and losses don't matter anymore. I mean, the crowd loved Yule. They loved him. They cheered so hard for him. And they'll probably cheer for him the same way at the next fight. I think that the idea of sport has been tainted in, in the fight game. Like, being good at the sport and winning at the sport doesn't matter anymore. People have been conditioned to only care about entertainment. I think I think it's a, a byproduct of the participation trophy generations. Okay, they they don't praise the best athlete. They just want to feel good. They want the feelings of entertainment. So you know, if somebody's too good and wins, that makes them feel bad because they can't win. They're losers. But if somebody's just entertaining them, that's okay. So they'll cheer for the guy who loses more <laughs> as long as he's entertaining which is is weird to me and i think it's weird to a lot of people but it's it's, it's kind of when you talk to uh 
those people who only care about the entertainment, like it seems like that's what they're getting at. They don't, they don't really care who's the best one. They just want the most entertainment. They want the most amount of violence. I don't know which one's right or wrong, but I feel if we're not pushing towards competence hierarchies everywhere, you're going to see a fallout. Like you can't, you can't just base it's, I don't know, you're building houses or building castles on sand at that point. Yep. Yep. Little WMEE. It's a good one. Uh, Carmier, press room is saying Cormier calls Romero the best wrestler in MMA. How many fights have we seen him in where he didn't use his wrestling at all? Put the play, pieces together. Yeah, man. Which, which you know, you'd have to think that these guys are getting paid or they're getting some kind of, you know, hookup to not wrestle. And I, I've said this before with other guys too. It's like the if somebody asked me the other night about Colby and um, uh, what's his name, the, the welterweight champ uh, Usman, and they're like, "Are you excited about the rematch?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah. Two guys you're supposed to be wrestling have wrestling pedigrees and outstanding wrestlers." And they didn't take a single shot. Not a single one attempted a takedown in their first fight. It was just a sloppy boxing match. And like, I want to watch boxing. I'll watch actual boxers do a good job of boxing. I want to see a fight. I want to see a limited rules fight sporting exhibition. I want to see the takedowns. I want to see the kicks. I want to see the. I want to see everything. And they're just slap boxing. I'm not entertained. That's not entertaining for me. So like, no, I don't care about the rematch. I'll watch it just so I can talk about it. But like, I don't care. You know, I want to see what these guys are good at. I want to see them try everything they can to win the fight, not just like slap box. So I wonder like, why are they doing this? <laughs> is it, is it uh, pride or are they trying to please the, please the crowd or are they getting kickbacks? Are they getting, uh, you know, influenced, given incentives to fight certain ways? And if they are, I think it's, I think it's criminal. Because I love this sport. I got into this sport because I wanted to see what the best way to fight was. What are the best systems? What are the best techniques? And and how could those guys use those? How could guys use those techniques in the best way to win most often? And uh, it got turned into a pro wrestling um, entertainment exhibition instead. Valentina is your favorite. Williams, Adam, you are uh, 85, working on 170. Good luck with that. Wake up Bible. Get on the meal plans and uh, get that shit scheduled. Get your eating scheduled, meal, meal, meal prep, meal plan. It's the way to go, man. Man, it sucks. Uh, Nick is saying that he sprained his uh, big toe sparring after cracking two ribs during a scramble. It seems every time I go into the gym, I'm getting hurt, but I still feel like I'm getting a lot of value out of going. 
you might want to do more drilling. You might want to start doing more intense drilling. You might want to start doing more threaded drills. Okay. So you're not just, oh, I'm just going to practice the arm bar. You're going to do a threaded drill where you practice the arm bar. Your opponent then does the arm bar defense and escape. And then you do the counter to the escape. And then you do like four or five moves in the series and then change positions. And then he does it and do it at a solid pace, do it at a solid tempo. Set the timer, do it for five minutes, do it for 10 minutes straight, solid pace, solid tempo, just rolling through that thread, putting, you know, three to seven moves together, whatever, you know, we'll put 10 moves together, fine. Thread them together and then just go through that over and over and over again. You'll see that your technique will get tighter, your timing will get better, you will get injured way, way less. You will be less exposed to getting injured than if you're going live rounds of grappling and live rounds of wrestling and live sparring rounds. The amount of times that you will hit a double leg in a five minute drill session with somebody versus the number of times you hit a double leg in a five minute live wrestling go, it's not comparable. You're going to get so many looks and so many goes, especially if you find a good partner that works with you well. You may want to um, may want to try that. Smoking herb and running, yes. Cardio, people would be surprised, but uh, cannabis and cardio, pretty good combination, my friends. <laughs> Getting ripped right now. <laughs> Excellent. Sunday night sessions. Uh, but yeah, I had the kids, you know, every other weekend, so I can't go to the Sunday open mat. But go to go to Instagram and follow uh, at can athlete, C-A-N athlete. And you'll be able to hear the updates and what's going on and when those events are happening. I think 420 on Sundays. So I'll go there, I'll roll, and I'll come back here and set up for my show. I can tell you guys about it. Tyler Durden's stupid name turned 42 yesterday. Happy belated birthday. You're a very young man. Yep, it's all pro wrestling. Everything's pro wrestling. That's what I've learned at this point in my life. Everything is pro wrestling. Uh, every interaction you have everywhere is pro wrestling. Sales is pro wrestling. It's all it is. It's pro wrestling. Sales and pro wrestling. You're either a mark or you're trying to get over. And uh, if you can't tell which one you are, you're the mark. Gi is fun, man. I, I, I like playing in the gi. It's, it's, a, it's a fun thing. It's freaking be frustrating at first, but it's also a lot of fun. Lee, how could you say it? He says, I hate to say it, but it might be age. You all seem sluggish, but also just no aggression, almost like he was sparring. He's 44 now, apparently, yeah. You know, maybe it is, but it could have been the extra 20 pounds. Slowed him down. Could be as a new new uh, fight in the, uh, a new organization. You know, and I could see him in the middle of a fight. Maybe he thought he had more rounds. I don't know. That seems kind of dumb 
you have plenty of time to prepare and know how many rounds you're fighting. So I don't know about that. Game just changes as you're getting older. But, um, yeah, the training gets a little bit difficult because you're more tired. I mean, just with kids, it becomes more difficult for me because I have I have other responsibilities and I, have, I can't just take a nap and I can't just like lay down for a big part of the uh, the day because, you know, I go and work out and I got to come home and then I still got to do the kids stuff. It's a whole different world, man. If you're not making the type of money where you can pay for somebody to help you with the kids and you don't have a, a spouse or significant other to take help, take care of the kids, that's just such a huge load. You, it, it takes so much physical energy to train and go through that stuff and not be able to rest <laughs> at all. It's just a nightmare. Adam Williams, Mike Kyle, AKA Mike Kyle's a cool dude. Um, but you know, he wasn't, he wasn't that driven to show up every day and do all the work. You know, he had tons of athletic ability, tons of potential, but he didn't want to do the ground stuff. He didn't want to put in the time with the ground. And, um, he just had, a, he kind of had other interests. He kind of made fighting. It seemed like it was a, his hobby and not as, I guess, full-time gig. Uh, that's a lot of guys are like that. This is true. Sometimes it can be, it can be two guys wrestling. They can be worried about their, their wrestling or they know how hard it's going to be to get the takedown or whatever. But I don't know, man. We've been doing this for so long, and fighting has been around for so long, and you got so many guys to train with and fight with, and you've got so many wrestlers to spar with. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think backroom incentives. And this is the thing, too. When, when the promoter has all the power, that, that backroom incentive doesn't have to be like a big check. It's just you get treated nicer. You just get treated nicer, <laughs> you know. You get better interviews. You get you get better opportunities. You get better better everything put your way. So, you know, you you get this like, oh, I, just, I need to please the boss. I need to please daddy. But like, they're not your boss, man. They're they're supposed to be a partner. They're supposed to work for you. The promoter's supposed to work for the athlete, and that's not what happens in MMA. Uh, I don't have time. Coach always breaks up, breaks us up during technique, and we go right into sparring. So I never have time to drill the techniques. I don't know what your coach is doing, man. I would, I would grab a partner and be like, "Look, man, I want to, I don't want to, I don't want to go sparring. I don't want to go live right now. Can you just drill with me for five minutes? Grab somebody, pull them to the side. It's not, not necessary." Writing things down doesn't help. Maybe you need to uh, set up your camera, start filming stuff. I mean, we have the technology to make it easy. You know, set your phone up. You don't have to put it or make it public or let anybody else see it. You can always film yourself. It's pretty easy to film yourself these days. 
Oh, that's a big problem. Uh, Nick's saying that he notices he gets hurt more by people who haven't rolled as much or are new to jiu-jitsu. hundred percent. It's the green guys. When you're a freshman and you go into college wrestling, like the older guys, seniors don't want to drill with you. Like it's very rare that the older guy wants to drill with the young guy because like they're stepping on toes, you're headbutting, you like you don't have that flow yet. You have to develop that flow, and that that can take somebody till they get their purple belt before they develop the ability to flow. But uh, if you have a good coach, you have um, good upper belts. They can they can help and help teach people how to do that shit. But you need it, man. You need to develop that flow and that flow training. That was one of the best things about AKA is we had so many guys who had wrestled in college that they knew how to drill. You didn't have to teach them how to drill. That's like a whole other thing. It's like teaching guys how to put the appropriate pressure, how to do the right things, how not to make, how not to make it about you. <laughs> okay. It's like how not to make it about you. Um, you know, even with showing technique up in, uh, you know, this past weekend, I, I had to use the guys around. So one of the guys I was using, he's a big guy and like, he was doing outside stuff. Like I'm trying to show a technique and, and demonstrate something. And he kind of like, was like attacking the neck <laughs> as I was sitting him on a single leg. And I was like, stop, like just, you're a dummy. Like, you don't need to like, Oh, I wonder if I could hit the neck from here. Well, why the, why the guy's instructing the rest of the class. It's just, it's, it's bizarre. But um, that comes with, that come, comes with time. He was still on a blue belt. You start learning that, that shit later, I guess. But you know, it takes it takes you know the first half of the season a lot of times for those freshman wrestlers to get in there and figure out how to drill, how to work with somebody, and not step on the toes or headbutt them or go too hard. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, OJ sixty seven says um, thoughts on Krav Maga, reality based. Blah blah defensive. I don't know what defense based blah blah is. Defensive tactics versus MMA style BJJ, etc. Uh, et well, so MMA is sport based. BJJ has become very very sport specific in in the last decade. <laughs> um, a lot of the early MMA and BJJ stuff was really around just fighting and what worked in a fight. There was much more limited rules. There was longer fights. A lot of the stuff was just about how effective techniques were. But then we started getting more and more down the, the hole of sport. And that, I believe, has taken away from the applicable, um, how applicable those are to self-defense. That's one of the reasons why I've, I've created the Fish Smash program and, um, you know, it works for MMA. I can still use it in jujitsu, but it's more reality-based. You know, what are you really going to do in these situations? Where, where do most fights really start? Like, how do they start? Who are they fighting? Why do they happen? Like, the best thing you can do is avoid the fight altogether. You don't need to square up and 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 box somebody. If you're if you if you have enough room away from the guy to to box them, like you can start moving away from him. You can leave. You can put something in between you and them, and uh, leave. You don't have to engage. It's not like a, you're gonna win a trophy or something. So, Krav Maga, I haven't taken it. I don't know much about it other than people I've talked to who have taken it, and it's it's it is more. Um, 
reality based. Like they're gonna eye gouge and kick to the groin, things like that, which is fine. I think that's that's more applicable than an arm bar, right? No one, but you need to learn space management. You need to know how to control in a clinch situation, how not to get dominated in a clinch situation. Those are very important things uh, to self-defense, I think. And that's kind of like I, I was talking earlier. I'd like to get a class going here in San Jose and be able to run through scenarios with people so they can actually feel what it's going to be like. Uh, I'm working on a program too. Uh, I just kind of had to film it, but just a real basic grappling thing, right? Somebody grabs your wrist, somebody grabs your elbow, somebody comes up behind you and bear hugs you. Little things like that, knowing how to deal with those situations. Those are more realistic scenarios where you kind of need to know how to maneuver. And most people have no idea. They're going to move in a herky-jerky way, puts them in a bad position. Um, but yeah, man, when you're learning these things, you have to remember that they're sports, that MMA and BJJ are sports. And uh, you need to figure out the best way to apply the techniques you learn from those sports to an actual fight or a street fight. Oh man, yeah, you gotta you gotta be careful with who you're going with, how big they are. If you know, if they're like more than two weight classes above you, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. And if the guy's got like forty pounds on you, that's where you hurt. That's how I kind of I kind of um, messed my neck up. Was I was rolling with a guy who was two eighty? That's only you know forty to sixty pounds heavier than what I am, but that's that's pretty big. You know, and um, I probably should have tapped sooner so that he gets squeezed as much. But you got you got to watch the big guys, man. It's not. I was a I was a welterweight fighting 170. I wouldn't mess with guys who were 205 pounders. I didn't want to deal with. I didn't want to deal with somebody who was 215 pounds or more. That's just dumb. I'm gonna end up getting hurt. It's way too much muscle mass for me to deal with. For the neck on the first date, nice. Yes, this right here. Do not roll with a Sasquatch. Take it to the. Uh... Be careful of the Sasquatches. Why? Why not train? Train something. Find something. Train. Who cares the pandemic? Just train. Train. Be ready. Be ready for fights. Be a gardener. Be a be a warrior in the garden, bro. Oh, that'd be interesting. Romero versus uh, Machida, two hundred five. <laughs> Prepared for zombies, but I live for Disney. Excellent. Uh, I, I, uh, I did a show where I did commentary on some street fights. If you guys have, um, if you guys find any street fights you'd like me to break down, this is a good thing. Uh, if you guys find any street fights, any type of fight or scenario that you want me to break down, email it to me at yo, yo at johnfish.net. 
yo at johnfish.net. Or you can send it to me in any of my, my social media DMs and then ask, you know, break this down 100%. I'll, I'll break that. I'll share it on this. But I did I did an episode where we that's all we did was we went through street fights and uh, went through what was going on and what I thought about the scenario and the situation. I post on uh, Twitter often. If I find something, something comes through my timeline, whatever, I'll post a video and comment on it. But most of the fights, yeah, that's the one. Yep, that's the one. Uh, most of the fights are, they're all emotion. It's all emotional. These Somebody's feelings got hurt. Somebody's trying to get after somebody's girl. Somebody's drunk, right? It's almost always the same bullshit. Uh, it's, 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 it's never like, oh, the, I mean, I guess, I mean, there are some things that fly that pass through the timeline that, or somebody attacking somebody because they're trying to rob them or whatever, a crazy person. But most times it's just like some dumb, some dumb college kids are drunk and they get into a fight. It's uh, it's silly. Like you don't win anything. You don't win anything, guys, at all. My pride. You hurt my pride. Me. No. No. Put that energy into some work. Make some money. It's going to do way more for you. If you really want to fight somebody, go to the gym. Go to the gym. Find somebody who knows how to fight. Find skilled people to work with and do it for real. Otherwise, you're a coward. You're a coward. If you're like trying to fight people on the street, you're not some big, tough street fighter. You're a pussy. You're a pussy. If you really want to fight, fight somebody who's trained and knows what they're doing. Go to the gym. Do some competitions. Go to a jiu-jitsu tournament. Do a, a boxing smoker, do a kickboxing smoker, go amateur, go pro. Like that's that's real. That's a real fight. No, I'm I'm fighting on the streets. No, you're a bitch. You are a bitch. You're a bitch who's looking for somebody to beat up because you're a pussy bully. That's it. Hundred percent. You're a little bitch. Oh, I'm a tough street fighter. No, you're not. You're a bitch. Uh if you're um like Kimbo, I mean, that was unsanctioned boxing. It's unregulated boxing, but that was still a sport. That backyard, those backyard fights, that's a sport. They were fighting for money, and they had a rule set, and they had guys who were, like, watching and making sure that the rules weren't broken. That's, that's a sport. If you want to do that, well, you know, it's a little less safe. But, I mean, okay, fine. You're fighting for money. You're fighting guys who who have training and who are also fighting for money, guys who – have uh, a lot more going on than just, you know, I'm going to beat somebody up on the street. I'm going to go to the bar, drink a bunch, and then fight somebody. You're a bitch. You're a bitch. Grow up. Be a man, you know? Thoughts on judo? Judo is very violent, man. It's tough. It's tough on the body. Um. Uh, it's good, but the problem with judo is you don't have a ton of control. It's kind of like with freestyle or Greco. You know, the throws and the stuff are very applicable. You're 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 tough. You're, you know, you throw you throw throwing good stuff. You're 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 throwing people hard, but there's not a lot of control afterwards. You know, you get the throw, you get the points. You roll through. You could uh, arm throw somebody get the points, win the match, but like they're on your back, you know, there, there, there's issues with it 
when you're when you're talking about self-defense there's great foot sweeps there's great trips there's awesome stuff that you can pick from judo that are very applicable for you know self-defense um, and can be used well in mma it just you got to pick and choose the right techniques <laughs> yeah. Hey, Andrew, stop being lazy. Go back to the gym. It goes for all of you guys. Stop being lazy. Just get in the gym. Train. Why not? What else are you going to do? Uh, did I enjoy Tito getting knocked out by, by Silva? Um, I don't know what Tito was doing. That was He looked terrible. Slow. He's not a boxer. I don't know why he took the fight. But Silva, I expected Silva. He should have knocked him out. But I mean, he threw like the three slowest hooks in the world, and they make me feel like the whole fight was suspect because he's like, hit me now, hit me now, hit me now. And then he got hit and he went down hard. And I don't know, man. I don't know. I, everything smells like fish nowadays. You see how the sausage is made a little bit, you see how the business is done, and you start questioning everything. Yeah, I think that I've heard that story too. I think that's probably because he was a closet gay dude and he really wanted to have sex with these people he was trying to fight. That's the rumor. It's the rumor. Could be wrong. I don't know though. But yeah, man, like at least he ended up eventually got his found his way into the cage and fought real people. But yeah, man, if you if you're out picking on regular people, there's I don't know, man, whatever, get out of here. It's just such a weak thing. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go beat up somebody at the bar. Like, okay, you're you're awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go fishing in the fish tank. Like, yep, whole fight was suspect. I don't hate tank. I, I have no problem with tank at all. But the the rumors are, those those what the rumors were. Like there was some incidents where they were saying that he was trying to blow Tito one night or something because they were they were buddies at one point and then not anymore. You know, I don't know. Man, I wish I could. I wish I could buy meat from Buffalo's and the farms close by, but I'm stuck in the city here. I don't look exactly the same. I got a mustache and longer hair. And I'm I and I'm uh like you know 20 to 30 pounds heavier. Yep, fishing in the fish tank. Oh, I caught a I caught a big one. Great job. I'm the best, I'm the best angler ever. I caught this big fish in my fish tank. Awesome, bro. Yep. Yeah, that's just an insecurity thing. You know, I don't know how to talk to people. I don't know how to make friends. So I'm just going to fight people. Make it drunk and fight people. Grow up. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> no, man, I, I gave up the eating stuff. I got a video about it that I did a while ago, but I gave up the vegan stuff. That was only like a little, a little while. Like I quit. Um, 
because I, I started getting injured. You know, I lost a bunch of weight. I got injured. Like the whole Hendrix thing, I think it was a big, a big issue. You know, when I got knocked out by John Hendrix, I think that was part of the issue. You know, I was coming off time off from my shoulder surgery, and then I was like emaciated from not not eating. I hadn't been lifting in a long time. But yeah, I started eating the meat regularly again after that fight. I started lifting weights again. And uh, yeah, injuries stopped. Things started getting a lot better. All right, dudes. Oh, yeah. He's got a couple big guys with foot lockies. Hope you guys enjoyed the, uh, the show. Um, I had fun talking to y'all. I forgot my song sheets right here. <clears throat> uh, I don't know what I can sing. Hope you guys have a good week. I'm going to try to get the took from the seminar. Hopefully I got enough stuff from that to uh, put together a little show, a little course from Gun Road. So, so you think you can tell heaven from hell, blue skies from pain, can you tell the green field? Cold steel rail, smile from a veil. Do you think you can tell? Did they get you to trade your heroes for ghosts? Hot ashes for trees, hot air for a cool breeze, cold comfort for change. Exchange a walk on part in the war, a leading role in a
Yeah. All right, man. I'll check you out later. See you guys next week. If you got the time, check out uh, me and Jason Vermis, Mixed Martial Mindset, tomorrow. One on the left coast. Talk about some of this stuff and some of the effery going on around the nation. That was one of the things I didn't touch on today was the masks, right? Because we're in San Jose in the Bay and they want us to wear masks indoors everywhere. So I'm like, they're really going to make us wear masks at a sporting event inside. So you go in, there's somebody standing outside. They got masks to hand out for you to go in if you didn't bring one. We had brought ours. We go inside. You're looking around. Most people have it down past their nose. Most people under their chin once they're inside. Uh, when you walk in to go down to the seats, the ushers in the little blue jackets, they will be like, hey, you got to pull your mask up, pull your mask up. You put your mask up. We walk by and we pull it back down. Everybody was doing it. I would say there was about a 15% compliance rate. I think about 15% of the people in that building actually put their mask on and wore their masks fully the whole time. That was it. Most people, when they got to their seats, they sat down, they took it off, put it in their pocket. They didn't even, they didn't even pretend to be wearing a mask. People are over it, man. And this is the, this is the Bay Area. This is the Bay Area. Like, the majority is over it, I believe. I really believe the majority is just over it. I think it, it's, it, yeah, Lee, Lee, 100%. It's so silly. It's theater. It's a silly theater. It's a joke. You walk, yo, we got to put on a mask, walk in the building, then we sit down and then we take it off. Oh, we got to get up and go to the bathroom, put it on. Nobody's really wearing it. And then the fights are over. Like, who gives a shit? They can't kick you out. The fights are over. You're leaving. As soon as the fights are over, everybody takes their mask off. I, I didn't. I don't know if I saw. I don't know if it was a it went probably fifteen percent compliance to like one percent compliance. I think only the workers still had their stuff on because they don't want to get fired. Everybody else was like, "F it." You know, fight fight fans are over it. They don't care. And I I have a hard time believing that the majority of those people were are vaccinated. I think it's it's over. This is over, guys. Just stop. Just stop doing it. Be non-compliant. Uh, I went to that festival thing, and there were signs up outside. It was outside, and there were signs up saying, "Please wear your mask, even if you're vaccinated." I was like, "No." Like, I felt bad at first, but I saw a few other people, and I was like, "You know what?" Like, no, man. Mass non-compliance. Mass non-compliance. We don't need to do this. Nobody's enforcing this. Take it off. Other people were taking them off. There's tons of people not not wearing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're in a different part of the country. I'm out here in, in the Bay. So like, it's great to see somebody has it off. Sometimes I'll see a person in the store who's just like, F it, I'm not wearing it. but that's what we need. Everybody just needs to be like, no, non-compliant. I'm not doing it. Get away. Leave me alone. Stop talking to me. Go away from me. It's time guys. It's time. Mass non-compliance. They're going to arrest everybody. They can't. They're going to fine everybody. Nobody's going to pay. They'll, they'll, the system will become overloaded and crash. Yep. All right, guys. Check you later. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys.